Well, hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. I'm so glad that you've decided to join me. My name is Akaimi McCoy, and I am the Christian Therapist. Anything that I'm going to be sharing on this podcast is not meant to be a replacement for therapy with a licensed mental health professional. Everything that I share is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Now, let's get right to it. If you're anything like me, every time you leave the house, you forget something. It might be your keys or you can't find your keys. You might not be able to find your cell phone. You're running late for wherever you have to go. You get where you're going and you realize you forgot to get something or you forgot to stop somewhere or you forgot to call someone. Or somebody tells you something and before you even get two minutes away, you totally cannot remember what they said. And you don't even feel comfortable in calling them and saying, I'm sorry, I forgot what you told me. But you have to do it if you want to be able to do what it is that they instructed you to do. Well, when I was 16 years old, my mother used to give me instructions almost every day when she would leave for work. And she would tell me um, how important it was to get certain things done. But she would come home and I may have done some of the things or remember to do some of the things, but I would always forget something. It just never failed. I'd always forget something. So she'd come home and she's like, Kai, didn't I tell you to do such and such and such? And I'm like, oh, mommy, I'm sorry. I forgot. Well, she got fed up with that. And on the third day in a row of me forgetting something, that was not a good day. She had a hard, heavy wooden brush in her hand. And when I said, oh, I'm sorry, mommy, I forgot. She hit me over the head three times, pop, pop, pop. And after she finished hitting me, she said, maybe this will keep you from forgetting. Well, you know what? It actually did help. (laughs) I still forgot stuff, but I had a solution to not forgetting anymore. I began at that moment using a planner. I would always use a planner. And when my mother would call me and tell me that she needed me to do something, I would write that bad boy down. I made sure that I put things on my calendar so I wouldn't forget stuff. I was very good at not forgetting. And that's where my planning days came and came into play. And that's where I started doing my journaling (laughs) because I did not ever want to get popped upside my head by my mother again. Today, because of that lesson (laughs) that I learned from, I now use the alerts in my phone I still continue with a planner and I write out a task list and I also have backups to my electronic devices because today our phones, batteries can go dead. We can leave them home because we forgot. (laughs) So I have a backup to my backups. So I understand that with most of the people that I work with, a lot of them suffer from memory loss or problems with remembering things, short-term things, long-term things, it doesn't matter. There's always some kind of issue with the memory. Many people suffer from memory loss or problems with their memory as a result of trauma, or they live a high stressful life, or they're living in um, an environment that is not really the best environment for them. 
that might be even on their job or at home or wherever in a school. And so their levels of anxiety is pretty high. And that level of anxiety affects your memory. There's also those who suffer from sleep problems or the lack of sleep. So those that are sleep deprived and end up very tired most of the day, they too will have issues with their memory. And if you ever said to yourself, you know what, I can't even remember back in the day with such and such, I don't remember half of my childhood. It's like I blocked it out. Well, that is a true thing that happens to a lot of us. And I know for myself, because I suffered with um, all the trauma that I dealt with in my past, my memory has been, was shot. It was just really messed up to a point where me and my husband would go to the movies and um, see a movie. And then maybe a few months later, I couldn't remember seeing a movie. And he was like, you don't remember we went to see that such and such. He's like, girl, your memory is bad. That's when I realized, okay, there is something that I need to be doing to improve my memory. So there are ways that you can improve your memory. You need to exercise your brain. And the way to exercise your brain is do exercises that cause you to do some uh, memorizing, um, writing things down, doing crossword puzzles, word finds, any type of books that you can use that will that might be titled like brain training games or anything like that. Daydreaming is real good for improving the health of your brain because like as little children, we're very creative with our daydreaming and, you know, imagination and things like that. If you take 10, 15 minutes out of your day to just sit and daydream, imagining how you see your life or how you want your life to be, that exercise alone helps improve your brains, the health of your brain. Also, when you hear things, you can use other things to um, connect to something that you want to memorize. For instance, like when you're learning, trying to learn somebody's name, whenever I'm trying to learn somebody's name or somebody whose name I definitely want to remember, because so often people come up to me and be like, hey girl, hey, and they remember my name and I can't for the life of me remember what their name is. So now when I meet people, uh, for one, when they tell me their name, I try to repeat it back to them. Two, I might even think of something that reminds me of their name. So that'll help me remember it. Or three, I just keep saying their name in the conversation. So I will, that will help me to, that, that will help for it to stick in my mind. And then I try to, when I leave their presence, try to say their name again. And that will also help with my memory. And then the last thing I'll do for that when it comes to people's names, I'll write it somewhere because I need to see it. I need to hear myself say it and I need to repeat it a number of times until it is ingrained in my memory. And so imagine things that you want to happen in your life. Imagine yourself doing something that you're planning to do. If you're going to a concert, um, and you trying to make sure that you remember to pick up such and such person or make sure that you stop at the store, just imagine yourself doing that event. And then that will cause you to have this memory imprint 
you know, like a trail of crumbs, so to speak, in your brain. Now, with memory and having problems with memory, it is really bad when it comes to having conversations with people. And so you got to also be an active listener. You can't just be one just trying to remember things, but you got to be an active listener when it comes to trying to help with your memory. Some people just listen just to answer. Like you're talking and in the midst of you talking, they already um, interrupting you with something they want to say. And granted, I understand that sometimes people interrupt you because they believe if I don't say this now, I'm going to forget. So let me say this now. But then it interrupts the other person's thought process when they were trying to get something out to you. So you have to find a way to just focus on what's being said. And if you have to, Write down the thought with maybe one word or something so you can come back to it. It does. There's nothing wrong with when you're having a conversation and an important conversation with somebody that if you just jot stuff down and you can just tell them, you know what, this seems like it's really important. I just don't want to forget what it is that I want to say. So I might write a word down or something. There is nothing wrong with that. For that, that also makes people think that you really do care about what's being said. So if that's your problem um, or something that you struggle with, there's nothing wrong with doing that. I do that now because if it's something important and they really want me to know, I am writing it down. And even when I'm having a conversation with somebody on the phone, I might have a piece of paper in in front of me. They don't know that. And I'll write down certain things. That way I'm actively listening to what's being said. And then instead of me interrupting them because I need to answer right away, I can come back to it by the things that I have in front of me that I wrote down. And not a whole sentence because if you write too much, you may not even hear what's being said because your mind is really not able to multitask like people think. So the other thing that is a problem is when you're having a conversation with somebody and they say, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. And they say it at a very un- inappropriate time. Like you think that they're actively listening, but they're really not. They're just wanting you to shut up. Like y'all might be wanting me to shut up. Like, <laughs> so it's, that is a very rude thing. So try not to do that. But if you are, if it's really an appropriate time to interject, like, oh, wow, you know, something like that. Oh man, really? You know, that lets you know that when you're doing it appropriately that you're engaged in a conversation. So make sure that you find ways to help improve your memory by doing certain activities. And I do understand that there are some of those people out there, they have like this very good memory. They can memorize every little thing and everything that's been said. They can remember the clothes you were wearing at the time y'all had the conversation. Yeah, there are a lot of people like that out there in the world. But you know what? For us that are not like that, this is who this is for, right? So when you write things down, if you circle them as opposed to just highlighting or underlining, circling the act of circling a, a word, a key word, will help improve um, your ability to remember things. Um, It's also good that when you're having a conversation and you're engaging in the conversation, that you always clarify what's been said so that you saying it out loud helps your brain and, you know, code that memory properly. Um, It also is good to say, 
what I heard you say is if I do A, B, C, and D, or what I heard you say was you this, that, and the other. So you're clarifying what's been said to you. And if it's a really, really touchy topic or um, an emotional topic, especially emotional for the person talking to you, make sure you validate their feelings. If they say, I felt hurt when you did A, B, C, and D. You shouldn't just get all upset because they said, I felt hurt. If they told you a feeling, the first thing that you should do is to validate those feelings. And that means, I'm sorry you felt hurt when I did that. I'll try not to do that again. That is how you validate people's um, feelings and apologize for that thing that they believe or they feel like you did to them. Whether it is, whether you did it or not, you can't argue with the fact that they felt the way they felt. So validate their feelings and then offer an apology in a way that says, okay, I I hear what you're saying. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'll try not to do that again. Because when sometimes when you're having a conversation, we have a good, um, there's a good chance of you remembering things um, when emotion is attached to it. So anything that is emotional usually will have a, your mind's ability to remember those things. So validate people's feelings and offer apology and um, something that says that you won't do that thing again. So I think I've said enough and (laughs) hopefully if you actually are somebody that is really trying to um, take this information and actively use it, then hopefully you wrote some stuff down and you can always play this podcast back because if you heard something that, you know, triggers a thought in your mind, write it down, just write it down. It doesn't help. I mean, hurt to do that and circle the key words in it. And then you can go back and look at it at another time for things that you, you want to try to put into place. All right. So until the next time, good mental health and good spiritual health. Y'all take care. If you're interested in connecting with me, feel free to go to my website at www.life-counseling-transitions.com or you can follow me on Instagram at Akayami McCoy. I'm also on Twitter at Akayami Listens. Thank you. Well, hello, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in this week. My name is Akaimi McCoy, and I am the Christian Therapist. I do want you to know that anything that I'm going to be sharing on this podcast is not meant to be a replacement for therapy with a licensed mental health professional. All of my information that I'm providing is for educational or entertainment purposes only. I'm also not a medical professional, so if I give any information about health or your physical wellness, it is just for the purpose of information. All right, let us begin. Recently, I have made a decision to drastically change my way of eating. I've changed the way I eat. I changed the people that I hang around. I change the environment that I live in. Um, I make a whole lot of different changes because I'm trying to get to a place in my life where things are simple, 
and they are basic and I'm learning to be very content in every situation. Now, this has been a journey. This is not something that has really just only happened just now. It's been a journey. And there are times when I get off the path and then I have to find my way back to the path that's going to lead me to where I'm trying to go. So the food changes that I have made have made a major effect on my mental health. And I understand that there is some connection between food and mental health. And even though I try to explain this type of thing to clients, I don't think that many people really take it to heart. They might hear what I'm saying. They may know that information, but they don't really accept it or receive it. And they don't do anything to put some type of plan in action. But this week, this past week, I have made a major decision to put it in action and I'm putting it in action so I could be a model for my clients and show them that what I'm doing and how it's affecting my mental health and how it will help them if they make the decision to take care of that or, you know, the decision to live a healthier life through their nutrition, through their physical health, their environment, their emotions, all of those things. So what I did, and I'm not telling anyone that this is exactly what you need to do, but I do want to make some things clear. What I did is I decided on a diet called like the keto diet and that's K-E-T-O. And in doing this diet plan, I have increased my energy. In the first week, I've lost six pounds. And I have been doing my research and I have looked up information about what it is that I'm doing because I understand how it could really improve my health if I be mindful of what I'm eating. Now, this is different than just saying I'm going to become a vegetarian or I'm going to go on this type of diet and that type of diet. Keto is short for another word. I think it's ketosis <laughs> and um, it puts your body into a certain state where your body um, it, it gets its energy from fat, the fat that you eat and the fat that's stored in your own body. That's where it uses the energy. So instead of my body using complex carbs and high sugars and all that kind of stuff as energy, it's using the fat in my own body and the fat that I'm eating. I'm also doing intermittent fasting, which means I'm only eating two times a day. I eat like one in the afternoon and then I eat again maybe six or seven hours later. And so when I go to bed at night and after I eat my last meal, I'm having at least 17 hours, 16 to 17 hours where there's no eating going on, no snacking, no anything. And not only that, I'm sleep just the majority of that time. So I don't eat a breakfast, so to speak, meaning first thing in the morning. I don't do that because I'm still part of that 16, 17 hour fasting. The reason that I'm coming on here to even tell anybody about this is because 
there's a lot of people that suffer from mental health issues that is partly due to a very unhealthy diet. And if you don't make some type of changes to that diet, it will affect you not just with your mental health, of course, it will affect your physical health as well. Because a lot of carbs um, causes a release of hormones that we don't really want an overload of, and that is insulin and cortisol. I'm sure that people are very familiar with the word cortisol, and I'm sure people really know what insulin is. So our body produces insulin every single time we eat. And so when we're eating a whole lot and we're eating several times a day, our body is producing insulin. And sometimes we can become to a point where we're insulin resistant, meaning our body is using the insulin, part of the insulin for um, what it needs to do. But then it has an overload of insulin that is just all over the place. It should be used in one way, but it's being used in another way. And it's causing other issues with our, our bodies. It's causing pain, it's causing diabetes, it's causing um, all type of things. That's something that you really would have to look up and research because I'm not here to speak specifically to that. But what it also does is makes people very irritable um, and release of cortisol, of course, causes a shutdown of the immune system or slowing the immune system down. So our body digestive system is not working the way it should. We don't use the bathroom the way we ought to. We don't get the sleep that we really need to. Our, it causes uh, overload of insulin can cause issues with inflammation in the body and in the joints. So there are so many things that can be affected by how we eat. So if there is some real change that you want to make in your life and you are someone that is struggling with depression or irritability or lack of sleep and you're tired and being tired is something that truly affects the mental health. I mean, it will affect your mental health when you're tired. Everybody needs the body to sleep and growth hormones will increase improve when we're sleeping as well. So again, this is information that is out there all over the internet for people to look up and research on their own. But I think if you took the time um, to search keto, K-E-T-O, and read or listen to, read or listen to the videos on YouTube with the research about it and all those type of things, you'll start learning some things that most people just really were not aware of and what we're doing to our bodies through the foods that we eat and what we're doing to our mental health through the foods that we eat is greatly impacting the health of this country and the health of those around the world. And I do believe that there are more people in other countries that understand this more than the people in the U.S. The other thing that I just wanted to bring up, and I just thought this was uh, kind of, you know, funny in some way, not really funny, ha ha funny. But what I understand is I read the Bible basically, or, or verses in the Bible daily. And in the Bible, one of the things that you hear a lot of is how there were shepherds that were, um, taking care of, you know, their animals and their animals 
fed off of grass. So grass fed animals are the best type of animals if you're going to eat meat to eat from. So in the market, we should be looking for meat that is being produced. I mean, meat that is coming from animals that are um, grass fed animals and not animals that have all the other crap that's being given to them. But grass-fed animals are the best for us. And it talks about pasturing, you know, animals. And it talks about, um, it just, just look, look, look it up. <laughs> the shepherds were dealing with their animals on grass-fed land. So that's the type of meat that we really should eat. The other thing that was kind of clear to me as I have been, you know, studying all of this stuff is the best type of fish and seafood to eat is wild caught, meaning people go out and they fish and they bring those that, you know, fish and seafood in, not the fish and seafood that is being raised on a farm, being fed stuff like seeds or corn or whatever. They need to be wild caught, not something that people can manipulate because wild caught has, is, has better health benefits to us than something that is farm raised. Another thing that I noticed in the Bible that it talks a lot about is olives and olive oil. That has a major uh, health benefits. That has major health benefits. And they talked about olive oil a lot. So I just want to say, and then, oh, the other thing that you hear a lot about, or you may not hear much about is very overweight and obese people back in the in those days because they had grass-fed animals, wild-caught seafood. Um, their bread was made with the whole grains and and things like that. They got their fruit and vegetables from, you know, the from the earth, you know, and they took care of that stuff a l- way better than what we do today. So. If we go back to the thinking of and the mindset of how these things were being um, grown before, that's where we need to be. Anything that is mass produced or manufactured has some negative benefits and consequences to our body. When you see GMO, you need to stay clear of stuff that has, that's, has GMO on it. Or if it's to me, I believe that organic is the best because they have a standard that they have to follow and look that up as well. So if you're going to do anything and you're going to take care of your begin to take care of your body, be mindful of how those things are being raised and how they're being produced, because you go get some great big, huge pack of chicken with huge breast and huge chicken legs that you know that it only took a few weeks for that animal to grow because of what they're feeding it to make it grow so they can have mass production. You want to stay away from stuff like that. And again, it will affect your, your mental health and your physical health. Fasting helps keep your mind clear. It gives you more energy because these are the things that's been doing for me. And I, understand that in the Bible, they talked a lot about fasting 
The reason they were fasting is so they could get a clearer head. And that way they were able to think and create and be able to receive the right information and the right messages. And it will really help your life all around if your head is clear. So intermittent fasting is something you should look up. Keto is something that you should look up and avoid all of the snacking. Let the fat in your body be the snack. Because if you do this, these type of diets, you won't have these cravings for the stuff that is really bad for you. And you won't um, gain the weight. You'll lose weight when you get your health right. And you get the health right by being mindful of what you're putting into your body. Okay. I feel like I have been sitting here uh, like preaching <laughs> or, you know, I don't know what it sounds like to you, but it sounds like I'm being demanding, like I would be talking to my children. But anyway, I hope this was very informative for you. And I hope that it triggers a thought for you to research things. And here's the other thing. I suffered a stroke in August of this year, 2018. And because of that, I am so very mindful of how I can prevent, uh, I'm, I'm mindful of what I'm doing to my body so I can prevent the risk of having another stroke. And so if I'm going to share this information with you, that means that I care enough about those who listen to share what I am learning and what is greatly helping me, my physical, mental, and spiritual health. All right. Until the next time, everyone, good mental health and good spiritual health. Oh, and good physical health. Until the next time.